Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? My name is Ray. I serve on the pastoral team here. And today we're going to carry on with some interviews and hear about some stories about the work of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but last week I was just so blessed to hear the impact that the baptism in the Spirit had made on people's lives. And you know, the Holy Spirit, he guides us into truth and he reveals Jesus to us, which is really pretty amazing. I just wanted to read a scripture to you to start. The Apostle Paul knew all about this. He prayed for the Ephesian church and he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. So as God gives us the spirit to walk alongside us, he's our helper, our comforter, our advocate, our standby. It's amazing. So I wanted to read you a little more scripture So if you're comfortable, could I invite you just to close your eyes and let the truth of these words just wash over you? Paul goes on to say, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him that is Jesus, to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So that's Jesus, head over everything for us. Well, what about us? Paul says, as for you, you were dead in your sins, gratifying the cravings of your flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace and your power. And Holy Spirit, we ask that today you would give us wisdom and revelation. Would you come and breathe on these dry bones and bring life? We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We're here to praise you and to glorify you as you reveal Jesus to us. Amen. 
So good to hear truth. Well, today I have the pleasure of interviewing three people who have experienced the, the riches of God's mercy, his grace, and his kindness, and his power in their lives over the last couple of years. So without further ado, we have Dover resident, married to Dave, mother of Madeline, Ainsley, Genevieve, Abbott, Ingrid, and Francis. Catherine. <laughs> Hi, Catherine. Hi. Hi. Thank you very much for being willing to share some things with us today. I know that um, you had some things going on in your life, that you felt you needed some help, and you took the Genesis process, and you and I did that together. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the issues that you were facing that caused you to seek out that help? Um, I was struggling with anxiety and having panic attacks, um, and I had tried for a year to um, get free from that, and it wasn't working. Um, God began to highlight some things in my inner life um, that I needed to work on, um, such as lies that I was believing and negative mindsets and perfectionism. Um, and around that same time, um, I became aware of the Genesis process and how it had helped others. Mm. How did the process actually help you? Um, most of all, I feel that it has helped me to become a aware of things um, that had been hidden to me. Um, it, it has helped me to understand why I was struggling so much with anxiety. Um, the process really focuses on habitual negative thoughts, and I didn't even realize that I was having this. And it also challenges those thoughts and um, really gives you tools to help. Well, it's given me tools to help work through the anxiety and to work towards healing. So as you were going through that process, how did God actually meet with you? What were some of the significant things that happened? Um, well, I had a few powerful encounters with God throughout the process. Um, he spoke to me very clearly on several occasions. He gave you um, revelations and pictures for me, which, were, which was really helpful. And I also had a very powerful dream during the course of that process um, in which he showed me that the root of my issue was that I was believing lies about my identity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that understanding that my self-worth was not rooted in who I was in Christ really helped me to understand why I was struggling so much with anxiety, um, and especially in certain circumstances. Yeah. I know that when we talked a little, um, some of that talk about self-worth manifested itself in you. You were a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Can you say anything about that? Um, well, uh, I think because of the perfectionism, um, I think it sort of drove me to push myself sort of mm -hmm. beyond my physical boundaries yeah. or my, my physical limitations yeah. um, and sort of uh, kind of pushed me into exhaustion and, yeah. um, you know, really depleting myself. Um, we had moved into a new house, which was um, really... Uh, a really difficult um, process for us, and um, it it uh, needed a lot of work. And I think, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I really didn't rest enough. <laughs> I really um, just, I got myself exhausted. Mm. I remember one time you saying to me, "I've got a million things to do, and I do them at a million miles an hour." Mm -hmm. What did God say to you about that? Well, um, He revealed to me. Um, that I was really stuck in this cycle of anxiety in which um, f 
feeling the anxiety caused me to speed up doing more, doing it faster, um, which helped to anesthetize the anxiety, but also caused me to be further exhausted, which mm -hmm. then caused further anxiety. Yeah. What was the Holy Spirit's word to you about all of those things? Um, to, to rest, yeah. to take a break more. And how has that practically impacted your everyday life? Like, how do you put that into practice? Um, you know, very simply, I have prioritized having a rest time um, in the afternoon. I don't, having six children, I don't have a lot of time to take a break. <laughs> but during my kids' nap time, I do, before I do anything else, I will just sit down for a quiet time, um, you know, with the intention of spending that time with God, um, either, you know, in the Word or praying. Sometimes I just take a nap, and just that simple change has really helped me to yeah. um, feel better and to decrease the anxiety. Yeah. How are you doing on things like the anxiety and the panic attacks these days? Um, the anxiety has lessened for sure. Um, I am not currently having panic attacks. Um, I am in definitely in a better place. Isn't that fantastic? You know, God is so kind. He could have said to her, hey, Catherine, shape up and pull it together, would you? And instead of that, he just said, hey, why don't you come take a rest with me? Just so beautiful. He's so kind to us. He thinks he's kinder than we are to ourselves. So, Catherine, if you had a piece of advice that you could give to anybody here who might be suffering with anxiety or perfectionism, what would it be? Um, I think that... Um yeah, if you're struggling with anxiety or really any issue in which you feel stuck or overwhelmed, I think that you should pursue the Genesis process um, and either a one-on-one -on -one format or a change group. Um, he will definitely meet with you. Yeah. And I feel that we are very fortunate to have this opportunity in our church. Should we say thank you to Catherine and give some glory to God? You know, the Genesis process is, is a life change program, but it's no, it's no magic tool because what happens as you go through that process, you are on a journey with the Holy Spirit who comes to challenge the lies that you believe and to reveal truth to you and to bring you to Jesus. And so we will have some more change groups in the fall, so you can look out for that. You'll hear more about that next week. But truly, to put yourself in a place where God speaks to you when you start to be honest with yourself is just truly amazing. Next up, we have David Rogers Sr. Yeah. Wisdom that comes from experience. Hey, David. Hi, Ray. Thanks so much for being willing to share your testimony with us, especially today, on this weekend, because this is a pretty significant weekend for you. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, August 17, uh, 2017, um, God revealed my addiction to alcohol, um, and he revealed it uh, to my wife, to Carla, and suffice it to say that it was, um, it was rough. Um, I, it was a pretty bad addiction, and uh, I went through my life um, concealing it, uh, deceiving my wife, really how how bad it was, deceiving even some of my brothers and sisters here. And um, yeah, that was two years ago. 
Wow. What did Carla say? Well, you know, um, first of all, I want to say that it, in God's just uh, his full uh, kindness and, and he was so full of grace when he re- really exposed it. I'll use that word, but um, when when Carla was confronted with this reality, she said to me, either you deal with this head on and right now and practically, or this is just one of those times where you got caught and that's all it will ever be. So I was convicted and that I, I needed to do something a, f- a few weeks prior to that uh, at Celebration Northeast in mm-hmm. 2017. I really felt the Holy Spirit prompting me that yeah. David, we, we we need to we need to get a handle on this. Yeah. And my prayer all throughout dealing with this addiction was, um, God, you and I can deal with this. Jesus, you and I, by your Holy Spirit, we'll we'll get a handle on this, and I'll I'll stop drinking or drinking as much or whatever the case may be. And um, and that's you know that's there's some truth to that, yeah. right? But all this time, I, I just prayed, Lord, don't let Carla know how bad it really is. I yeah. was terrified that she'd leave me. Yeah, but she's still here. She's brilliant, my wife. <laughs> Not so, that she stayed with me, but she's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you actually go about addressing the issue? So um, first of all, I think it's Im- important to recognize that um, we addicts, we deceive. I mean, we we conceal and we're good at yeah. hiding things, you know, yes. and and really um, allowing people in to see yeah. um, how bad certain things really are. Yeah. And um, uh, and beyond that, um, you know, we all have our stuff. Yeah. Everybody in this room has something that we're dealing with. We're we're redeemed and we're saved and so forth. But we still all have yeah. have stuff. Having said that, I um, I knew that Genesis, the Genesis process, yes. was something that was being launched in the yeah. church, and I went to I went to Gareth just a day or so after God had really opened this and, and revealed it, and um, uh, sort of laid it on the line, and 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 Gareth and and you, we had dinner with the, or we met with you and. Carla and I together with you and Gareth, and we laid out a plan to go through one-on-one the Genesis process, ten-week yeah. uh, process. Yeah. And um, Gen- uh, Gareth graciously took me through that, and and one of the things that Gareth said to me, and I kind of it's sort of a tagline that I live by, and that is Gareth always said to me that um, alcohol is not the problem. The problem is it's a solution, <laughs> and it's the bad solution to yeah. the problem. Yeah. You know? And um, and having you know sort of armed with that, gen- uh, Genesis was available to me, and it's yeah. available really to anybody that's yeah. dealing with an addiction or an unhealthy attachment yeah. or something along those lines. And, um, I'm glad you mentioned you know that everybody has their stuff, because I'm sure that some of you sitting here are thinking, "Whoa, David Rogers!" I'm kind of shocked because I mean he's David Rogers. He's like you know, Mr. Perfect. He kind of has it all together, you know. So I love the fact that you say everybody has their stuff and, you know, that God is available to help us when we have our stuff, really. How did um, going through Genesis help you? 
Yeah, so Genesis really is a practical way, and I, I really, um, I was able to identify, it's a practical way to identify many of the uh, fears and uh, wounds and pains that I, as a 55-year-old man, had experienced when I was a little boy. Yeah. And Genesis really gives you, it really gives you some practical ways to identify what those are and the effect of those pains. Not that they become an excuse. You know, I'm not a result of the, the bad things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it, it, it really does give you a, uh, a tangible and practical way to, yeah. to deal with the stresses and the pressures that come as a result of those, those things. Yeah. And ultimately the triggers that would cause you to move into a behavior or... or for me, it was to, to pick up that drink and not stop drinking and yeah. to anesthetize yes. those things that were painful yeah. and harmful in some way brought back up into my life. Gotcha. So would you mind telling us something about what were the kind of things, the kind of triggers or pressures that would cause you in the past to turn to alcohol? Yeah. Well, I, I'd say, first of all, um, please note that uh, the triggers and the pressures of life now they go away the same way that they did when I was drinking. They don't. I mean, we're, we're, we face them just because yeah. I've dealt with these things. They still come at me. They still come at you. I mean, let's face it, life is not easy. Life is kind of ugly sometimes. And uh, f- so for me, the, the triggers that really compelled me into this behavior really focus around performance. Um, uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Um, but uh, performance relative to who I am as a professional man in my career. I'm a, I'm a medical sales guy for 25 years or so. And, you know, you live with your highs and your hero here, but then you live with your lows <laughs> yeah. and your zero here. And, uh, you know, my performance as a, as a husband and my performance as a father and my performance as a sibling, all relating to uh, things like respect that I'm trying to gain from my father mm-hmm. and boiling down to those things. But they really were, you know, performance issues. But if I could use a, a, a I think it's really the cares of this world and the pressures of life yeah. in general that came upon me that I needed to anesthetize. Yeah. So you've really learned of different ways to deal with those. And you mentioned that Genesis gave you some tools for that. Um, what was one of your favorite tools, and how did God use that in your life? Yeah, so there are plenty. And, and let me say, first of all, um, accountability is, is certainly one mm-hmm. of those tools. And I want to, I mean, there are men in this room who have held me accountable, and I'm just so grateful to, to guys that are in this room. And it just stirs me. But anyway, that's just one real practical way. And when you're accountable to somebody, um, I challenged them initially. I said, guys, don't let, me sw- don't let me skate on these, right? If you're going to challenge me, if you're going to ask me how I'm doing, don't let me dance. Don't let me just start talking about the New England Patriots and, you know, the weather. Yeah. Ask me. So accountability is certainly one of yeah. those. But the other one is um, something we call red dog, blue dog. And the idea is... is Really, I think, for me, it's based on how Paul referred to 
the old man or the old person and the new man or the new person. The old is uh, sinful and unredeemed and worldly and uh, without God, essentially. The new is redeemed, is saved, is a new creation in Christ, right? The red dog is the old man, and the blue dog is the new man. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that the dog that you feed becomes more powerful. It's very simple. If I focus on the negative thoughts that arise because of some of those scars Mm -hmm. and pains and fears, if I really focus on them, I am feeding that red dog. I'm giving it power. And it's as simple as... You know, I, 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 I get a sales report, and I'm last, which I happen to be right now, but that's okay. God, God is good anyway. Anyway, um, uh, something as simple as that. Yeah. If I focus on that and, you know, really, I'm feeding that red dog. Yeah. But if I'm thinking through and really applying the principles of the gospel, that I am, I am a child of the king. Sure. I'm redeemed. My, my father in heaven loves me the way that he created me. Mm-hmm. Then I feed the, the blue dog. And the yeah. blue dog becomes the more yeah. powerful and the stronger one. For sure. You know, I love the red dog, blue dog thing. And sometimes we c- might do this to somebody, which means, hey, bird, your red dog is wagging his tail. <laughs> so, David, I'm really grateful to you for... Um, sharing so much of your testimony with us because it's um, it's difficult to be open and vulnerable in public about your your, your struggles, you know. Um, so, if you had some advice that you could offer to people today, what would that be, advice be? Uh, first of all, can I just say that two years later I'm alcohol-free. So... I haven't had a I haven't had a volitional sip of alcohol in two years, and I say that because the October that um, after God revealed this, we went out uh, we were away and we went out to a restaurant and I had uh, bread pudding and of course bread pudding has rum in it, so I took one <laughs> bite and I noticed that there was alcohol in it. I said I pushed it away. So Jason, if you've got a recipe for uh, bread pudding that doesn't require a rum, I'm all over it. But anyway, um, so praise God. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, But the advice that I would give, uh, or I'm sorry, um, yeah, the advice that I would give, I'll I'll frame it first on this. Um, I live by the the scripture in Galatians that says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And um, words really fail me to talk about how free free is. Mm -hmm. It's inexpressible, really, and um, I'm so grateful to to Jesus for freedom. And uh, the difference between being yoked to something that is bigger, stronger, more powerful than you or I mm-hmm. by ourselves can handle and not being yoked to that mm-hmm. is inexpressible. Mm-hmm. 
freedom is inexpressible. Mm. And uh, my addiction to alcohol was so much bigger than I was. Mm-hmm. So and so, so that's the first thing. And secondly, if you if you're if if there's anybody in this room that's dealing with an addiction or an unhealthy attachment, um, you know you know God is speaking to you and. Um, you know, and my advice would be: listen, just listen to him. Yeah, listen to him, and and uh, allow him to to work through that. Yeah, because um, you know, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. Man, I'm a believer and fo- believer in and follower of Jesus. But like I said, we all have our stuff. Yeah. And God is not. Once you sort of get past the some of the issues that caused this in, in the beginning, I want you to. I want to exhort you that if you're dealing with this, God is not angry at you. God is not disappointed in you. Mm is not hurt if you're dealing with something. I think he grieves because he wants his children to be free. Yeah. And when I say free, I mean I mean free to sit with him face to face. Without shame, without guilt, because he just invites us. That's what he wants from us. And while we have salvation, and while we can prophesy, and whatever it might be, if something comes between you and him, He grieves because it's there. And freedom is not only freeing. I mean, it's free. You you get free. But it is free. It doesn't cost you anything. Jesus did it for you. And um, to feel free is, there's no words. Yeah. Isn't the Holy Spirit amazing, the work that he does in people's lives? He's so kind, as David said. He doesn't come to expose us. He comes rich in mercy to express his kindness to us, which is just wonderful. Let's give God the glory. So we're going to hear from one of our Act 2 recovery students um, who found herself a number of years ago, actually now, um, addicted to prescription drugs and actually lost everything as a result. She lost her job, had to leave an unhealthy relationship, lost her home and became homeless with her four children. 
but then ultimately became um, separated from her children. She lost custody of her children. She really did lose everything. But God had a plan. So let's hear from Laurie. Hi, Han. So, Laurie, God had plans to turn some things around for you. Can you tell us how God first stepped in? It was an invitation, just a simple invitation. And then that invitation led to another invitation here at church. I got up for prayer, found Act 2, and knew it was exactly what I needed. I was codependent. I was off drugs, but I still had the the problems, the struggles. I felt like I was in a grave. I was alone. I was isolated. Shame and guilt had me tied. I was bound. And God set me free. He opened my eyes to the Genesis process. And I began to see that God wanted more for me, that I was worth something. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, sorry, Lori, go ahead. I was going to say, one time you said that you just felt like a nobody. I was a nobody, that's how I felt. But what did the Holy Spirit show you? That I'm everything that God wants. I'm a princess, I'm beautiful, I'm, I'm worth everything. I'm gold to my father. Yeah. I'm precious. It's amazing, isn't it? You went from being a nobody to a somebody. Can you tell us a little bit about um, something that happened when we were praying one day and how God met with you? Yeah, so we were over at Operation... That's when we were at Operation Blessing, and we were praying. uh, I've been baptized in water, but I was baptized and able to speak in the Spirit, speak the gift of tongues. Hmm which was huge because it's a beautiful way to just communicate to my father, just him and I. So thankful. On that day when we were praying, Laurie did say, well, I don't think it's going to happen for me. Just not feeling worthy, but... Which is so me. (laughs) But God blew your socks off, right? That's right. So, you know, God was revealing himself to you and the Holy Spirit was touching your life. Can you tell us some of the practical things that happened for God to turn your situation around? So as I started the Genesis process, I began to realize there were some things in my life that I needed to take, be accountable for. You know, I I had no residence, I had no ID, no medical insurance, no job. You know, I started to open up that line of communication again with my children, but yet again, they were lost to me. And as moms, you must understand the pain of being without your children. That's a God-given gift that I lost. So the Genesis process began to just heal me and show me, like David said, like those wounds, those deep wounds that you don't realize that, have been hindering you from your relationship with God. You know, that intimacy that he craves for with us. 
you know, it just kind of helped me build up. I had some wonderful friends to make me realize, you know, God used you guys as tools to show me that I am worth so much more than what I thought. Yeah. And okay. changed everything. <laughs> I remember you going on some field trips with Brian and Maud. What got sorted out on some of those field trips? My field trip with Brian and Maud is incredible because they helped me get an ID. They helped me get some medical insurance. They helped me just realize I was a great person, uh, somebody, a value that I deserve to have, you know, an ID, like a, just to be a person, yeah. you know. Can you imagine that, just living for a number of years with no ID, feeling like a nobody, just getting that one thing sorted out. It was just an amazing, um, an amazing day. And you know, Laurie, um, your t testimony had been that you felt like you were living in the grave, and yeah. so the worship today was so profound, <laughs> you know, because God breathed on your dry bones. It's right? as if, like, he, he planned this day for me, like, just all the way from worship to, like, to yeah. now. Like, I was in a grave, and he took me by my hand just by these simple invitations and brought me out of my grave, told me I was worthy. And... Um, and it's this community here, yeah. you know. Um, you're just so encouraging. It's wonderful to come and see all your faces and get to know you and hear your stories. Laurie had been kind of hiding away, you know, yes. just like. <laughs> but now she's kind of out there in the world blessing other people. Can you tell us what you do, Laurie? I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your goodwill girl. <laughs> Yeah, I just got back out in the world, started sharing myself again. You know, I had, I had dug myself in that grave. I've got quite a personality. I've got a lot to share with you guys. She does. You know, and um, I didn't feel like I was worthy to be yeah. that person anymore. But God showed yeah. me that I'm, I am, you know, and uh, so thankful. You know, I, I struggle with codependency so bad. I think I was almost born codependent. And through the Genesis process, I just realized, you know, that compulsive bad behavior of thinking that I'm just unworthy, you know. God wired me in such a beautiful way that, you know, I, these things, you know, like, that you learn throughout this process about yourself and about how you can change your triggers and I live by my faster scale, everybody, just so you know. Which is one of the two. It's, it's part of the process, <laughs> yes. But, you know, God has just been great. So, Laurie, just over a year ago, you yeah. had no contact with your children. They were lost to you. Can you tell us some of the things that have happened over this last year in that regard? I'm now with my children. Uh, we have a great relationship. You've probably met a con They've come to church. Um, I have a great relationship with my ex-husband. You know, I'm working. I've uh, been blessed with in my own apartment, my own four walls, mm -hmm. so that I have a home for me and my children. And it's great. <laughs> it's God-given. 
we um there was one day that I was just so happy about Sue McDougall, who's been Laurie's mentor. <laughs> we'll just attest to this too. A day when, rather than being separate from her children, when Laurie's daughter Hannah graduated a year early, Laurie's whole family were together at that graduation ceremony, which is just incredible. And about a few weeks later, somebody else had their own graduation ceremony from the program here, and we really celebrated Laurie. She got her certificate, but... A week after that, <laughs> can we do it? I don't know. <laughs> she was given an even more significant piece of paper. Laurie, can you tell us about that? Maybe not. <laughs> because God is so good and gracious and understanding. He worked in the heart of my ex-husband as well, who was actually, I can call a friend. He gave me Custody, legal custody of my children. <laughs> that I can be the mother that I was intended to be again. I felt whole again. Isn't that amazing? Legal <laughs> custody. <laughs> so, going from having lost everything... God restored everything, which is really just incredible. And Laurie's diligence in walking with the Holy Spirit and being obedient and that level of honesty that he's required of her has just been incredible. So we are looking forward to seeing what God's going to do. Let's give God the glory. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Lord. You know, um, those testimonies and the worship just dovetail so beautifully together. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come back up as I say these bits. But, um, you know, we can all believe lies that we have to be perfect. We have to perform, you know, at this level that we're nobody, you know, that somehow we have to have it all together. But instead, God says, you're redeemed. I saved you. Here's my mercy. Here's my kindness. Hey, come, take a rest with me. The Holy Spirit is so kind and he's so rich in mercy. And he always comes to guide us into truth and to replace those lies that we would believe about ourselves with his truth, that we are redeemed, that we are loved, and that we are valued. <laughs>